Oh, by my stars and garters, if it's not Luna, how are you, Luna C? I'm good. Look, we're both early. How awesome. Oh, my goodness. There's so much we have in common. And one of the things that we have in common is that, first off, I need to do a retraction of sorts, not a retraction, a correction to something that I said in our last podcast, because I want to get it right. It's not that we're in trouble or anything, but I want to get it right. And it is that, and now we're going to have to pause because I'm an idiot. You just sit there and twiddle your thumbs for a minute. Sure. I'll put some cookies in there for you while you're gone. What kind of cookies? Just, just idle chat. Do you mean like be aware that this Luna uses cookies and we'll come back and visit your site? <laughs> no, not cookies, Easter eggs. Sorry, I've mixed up cookies and Easter eggs. Well, that's easily done. Okay, you know, that's one of the good things about having Alzheimer's. You can hide your own Easter eggs. Now, back to uh, what I was going to correct uh, from uh, last podcast was I was recommending a terrific book called The Animals in That Country. And I think I called it something like The Animals in That Other Country. So that's not right. It is a, a multi-award winner. It's won the Victorian Premier's Literary Awards in uh, 2021. It's won the Stella Prize. It is by Laura Jean Mkay. It is called The Animals in That Country, as I just said. It also, what brought it to my attention, won the Arthur C. Clarke Award just nigh on a month ago. So I want to get that right because she's an Australian writer and I love it when Australian writers do well. I love it even more when Australian writers are women and I love it even more when they're women doing well in science fiction, which has not traditionally been a genre that has attracted notoriety for great women writers. The very reason I got it wrong was that I read an e-reader. Here's, the, here's a, one of the subtle uh, knock-on effects of uh, technology. I don't remember any of the names of the authors of books that I read on an e-reader because you don't see the book. It opens on the page you're reading. Now, when you leave a book by your bedside table, you unconsciously look at the cover of it every time you pick it up. What's more, you don't store them on your bookshelf, so you don't walk past them. You don't look at them in that sort of casual way that you look at your other books. No. So I, I realised I can't name many of the books that I've read by unfamiliar authors in the last few years because I don't get to see the book. I only ever see the inside of them. So I just thought that was something that was interesting to point out. It is, and I keep buying paper books. I don't go around to reading them, but because I prefer the paper and then I don't have to have a screen in my face. And I, I know the brand of reader you're referring to is supposed to be better than a normal screen, but it's still not paper. Uh, for me, it's actually better because I'm an insomniac. Uh, and it gets very boring spending all those hours by yourself at night. And it's backlit very subtly, but it means I don't have to turn on a lamp and disturb emergency contact. So I can be mildly entertained, or even properly entertained, and, and not be disturbing her. But the technology behind it is actually genuinely ink. They're very, very clever. You can read them in full broad uh, sunlight. I admit they're not as tactile and as nice as owning the book. I would never argue that. And emergency contact and I buy books that we think we're going to keep. But for all of our trash reading that goes through the house pretty much like water, we just use the e-reader. Otherwise, we'd be we'd need a house twice the size. Yes, and my husband reads about a book a week, so he's definitely an e-reader fan as well.
that's what I should do actually for the podcast is just hang a whole lot of fake, you know, uh, medical uh, qualifications behind me. Because that will go so well on, in the audio, won't it? People will be able to hear those qualifications. You, you can, you can. It just puts a certain ambiance over, over the whole thing. I mean, for instance, the reason I can stand here and lecture and not give you a breath so far of words is because I'm actually a very reverend pastor of the Southern Baptist Church of, uh, uh, I think it was Tennessee. Now, I got this wonderful qualification overnight on a radio show for the almighty cost of 10 American dollars. And we just wanted to do it to see how long it would take and whether it could be done. You know, I've got the authoritarian. Uh, what, what exactly are you allowed to do? Look, I like to think I can lay hands. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I, I wasn't planning that you would ask me that. Um, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. I could probably yell inconsequentially at pregnant women about how, you know, if I see them walking into a, a medical office, I, you know, that they shouldn't do it and their soul will be damned for eternity. No, something pleasant like that. I'm you probably can't qual- marry people or perform funerals or anything. Well, no, 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 because uh, in a you, you need in Australia you need a celebrant's uh, license to be able to do that. It's a legal thing in Australia. You can certainly have you can have me as your non-binding religious figurehead to perform the ceremony, but it is not legally binding in any way. Yes, Nick is available to be a religious figurehead for non-binding ceremonies in case anyone is interested. That is weirdly close to what's written on my uh, business cards. <laughs> Actually, it's just I've cut it down to bombast on demand. I just thought I'd put a little plug in about the email address we've set up to listen to you. It's speak at vanator.com, S-P-E-A-K at V-A-N-I-T-A-W.com. We do want to hear from you. And that's why I've set up the email. So what's your COVID count at the moment? And I don't mean in Victoria, in your house. Zero. That's awesome. Yeah. Love a donut. I have a cold, although, you know, I don't. I live in an area where it's very high vaccination rates and mm. Yes, well, if you're all owning three or four houses, I expect you to be well-educated and on the upper end of things. Yeah, and we also have a house that was built 25 years ago, so it's very well ventilated. So why have you got a cold? I don't know. Maybe it's allergies. I haven't been near anybody except my own family. Yeah, it, it might be. I've noticed that my little boy is turning into just a clockwork piece of allergic reactions. It's amazing. 6.30, bang, let's sneeze for half an hour. Yeah, I have a morning sneeze every morning at the moment. Right. Um, so his doc reckons that it's a fall in temperature and the pollen's getting lower to the ground. I think that's wishful thinking because we're inside a 110-year-old house and I think it's more likely the coal falling out of the ceiling. But, you know, <laughs> the rough with the smooth. <laughs> you don't have mould or anything like no, that? No, no, no. We're very careful about that. That's very well ventilated, but it is very well ventilated in a town that dug up most of the sort of carboniferous ground around it for hundreds of years. Still does, actually. From my window, you can see the busiest coal harbour in the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to ask this question nicely, but when you blow your nose, <laughs> is there any evidence of coal? Uh, I can't blow my nose. It's so stuffed up with something. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but I think I'm in the third most polluted 
postcode in Australia? Okay, I'm probably not. No, you're probably not, but you've got a cold. Have you been to the beach today? Yes, I have. Have you been for a swim? Yes, I have. And so the salt water will fix me up because it's magic. Salt water is magic. I think my parents used to tell me it was good for what ails you. Everything from including, I don't know, rheumatoid arthritis, rickets, diphtheria, and what else did they send me into the water for? Oh, cuts, abrasions, headaches. Oh, it's awesome for migraines, the cold. Really nice. Bit of brain freeze. Are you being sarcastic right now? No, that's to the truth. Brain freeze is the opposite of, you know, it fixes a migraine temporarily. So why don't you, when you've got a migraine, which is your favourite subject, why don't you put a giant ice cube in your mouth and hold it against the roof of your mouth? Because that's where brain freeze comes from. It's temporary. Not if you get a big enough block of ice. You can imagine my family be challenging me to talk while I've got this massive block of ice in my mouth and but, there, are, there are ice packs to your forehead. But you want to freeze the roof of your mouth because it's that trigeminal nerve or whatever it is that runs through the roof of your mouth that gives you the brain freeze when you're having ice cream. Yeah, and then I'm sitting around with a mouth full of ice blocks. Do you know what? I mean, obviously you're not too good at uh, uh, returns on investment. I would have thought versus a migraine was a pretty good sort of outcome. The the cold, you just need a bit of it and it only lasts a bit of time. It's much easier in the ocean where you can just dip in, have a bit of freeze, fixes the migraine for a while. And how have they been now that you're coming off the benzos? Mm, the, the migraines, I had a bad one when I switched the um, antidepressant. So when I moved from Brintelex to Zoloft, that's when I had a bad migraine. I don't think the migraines and the benzos, yeah, I don't think there's any relationship there at all. And, and how is your health going with your withdrawal, if I may be so blunt? I'm better because I've stopped tapering for the moment to allow myself to stabilise. Okay, so you, you get down to a plateau and then you keep taking that same amount. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, and apparently you should never go back up. No matter how bad it is, you just wait until you've settled on the dose that you've tapered down to. Right. It's, it's actually a biofeedback ring, but I'm not very happy with them because it, they are not catering to women. What's a biofeedback ring when it's at home on your finger? Okay. It's reading my pulse rate the whole time. It knows when I'm sleeping. What about good or bad? Is it going to report back to Santi? I do get a score for my sleep and I get a score for my readiness for the day. <laughs> That's subjective, isn't it? No, it can tell by your movements and your heart rate whether you are in deep sleep, light sleep, or REM sleep. Oh, my biofeedback ring would have a boring time of it. He's awake. Still awake. (laughs) Oh, look, awake now. Oh, had a dose. No, still awake.
Well, that's but, you, you see your doses because that's the thing. When you're lying awake all night, you often don't know that you did fall back asleep, right? You just look at the clock and go, oh, it's actually five in the morning. I must have been asleep some of that time. No, no, I wasn't talking about being in bed. I was talking about when I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> if it, it wasn't for those micro sleeps while I'm driving, I'd be exhausted. It, during the day, it registers naps mm. and it has been known to register a nap for me Oh, no, it, it will register a rest when I'm meditating. Oh, okay. But a, a nap, I actually have to fall asleep. Now, sorry, the nerd in me is just clamoring to know. This is a pretty small piece of tech. It's not much larger than a fashionable ring. I assume it's got a power source in it It's and it's radiating this energy to a smartphone nearby. Yes, it talks to my phone and it has a little charger that it has to be charged about once a week. And I, and I really don't want to promote the thing because I keep appealing to them to make it more suitable for women. They probably have a down, downward size limit on the amount of tech they can put into a ring though, surely? Have they said something helpful like put it on your thumb or put it on your toe? No. Okay, so two main issues. One, I cannot choose tags. They have pre-selected what you can tag as events going on that have influenced your heart rate and your health and how much activity you've done. And there are a lot of tags that would be very helpful for women and menopausal women. And I've asked for some and it's they're obviously using the data, aren't they? They've given us a limited number of tags so that they can pigeonhole it into buckets and then sell the data. Okay, so just let me back up a bit. You yep. kind of you kind of leapt into um, that, and because we were talking about watches and rings and things, you started off on tag, and I immediately thought of sports watches. So, what is it? <laughs> what is a what is a, a tag? What, a so label. If, so you get soft. Explain it for for me. You you get your your ring. You introduce your watch to your to, sorry your 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 phone to your ring. They yep. go high. You've got some software, and then what happens? And then if I have a day where I have a migraine, I can choose migraine tag. If I have a day, in fact, so there's tags for anxiety. There's tags for cold chills. There's a tag for COVID. There's a tag for sex. There's a tag for vacation. Now stop. Do you apply the tag or does it? I apply the tag. Oh, that's. But they have chosen the tags I may select from which says to me they are using that data. Yeah, well, they'd be dumb not to, and they are also transgressing the unwritten rules. But, okay, so if it's tagged, you are teaching it what that rhythm looks like for that activity for you, and then does it pick it up again and then applies the tag automatically? Not yet, but I guess that's where this kind of tech is going. Oh, so you're right out on the bleeding edge with this, are you? I don't believe this device has a competitor, although I'll be looking for one because, this, yeah, I, I'm not getting much satisfaction. And also the other thing that's happened due to taking estrogen supplement, my fingers have changed size. It no longer fits on the finger I bought it for, and I've had to move my wedding rings to the opposite hand in it to enable me to wear... Yep, I get you. feedback ring, yes. Now, what culture can you now claim to be? Is it Orthodox Greek who wear them on the other hand? There's some some fairly decent-sized population, so you can just explain to people, oh, no. Or you can say, oh, look, this bulging finger around my bio tag ring thing. 
So you want them to put in elastic sides on your bio ring is the simplest way out of the tag issue that you ask them for ones that you can uh, personalize or you want them to just add a whole dictionary more? No. So I asked for two more and I asked for the ability to create my own and both of those have been turned down. And then with regards to I need a new ring, they offered me a discount that they were offering to the general public and I fed back to them for someone who's one of their loyal customers. I didn't mention that I was providing them good data that it would perhaps be nice if they gave me a bit more than less than 10% off a new one. These people sound like reprehensible bastards who know how to really piss off their core market. I have in my latest missive to first-line support suggested I would like to speak to management. I'm going to guess that one of these pretty high-tech, tiny, durable things are not cheap and you should have good cause to be able to speak to said management. And I reckon management is all men. I could be wrong. Well, I, I think you've got a better than even chance of being right simply because of the number of men who are at work right now versus the number of women who are at work right now. But let's not be cruel to all men. I have worked with some absolute bastard women who have behaved simply because they've clambered their way to the top of the patriarchy, uh, indistinguishable from a bloke. Absolutely. And sometimes they're remaining in hiding. That They have to behave that way. I would have behaved in ways that I would not do so now. You're a vastly different person. Uh, Just the amount that you pick me up on sort of moral matters or matters of criticism, racism, isms, where you and I would have just perfectly happily and rather superiorly just chortled along, you've become a lot different that way. I remain unrepentant, but still. Well, I'm trying to be a better person, not Uh, better than you, just better. (laughs) It's good to have a benchmark and set it low. Uh, And you might as well start with me. I think you've well and truly stepped over that one. (laughs) Whereas I'm playing Mazair. I'm trying to limbo under everything. Has the week been as big a challenge as the previous week? Have you made an improvement or do you feel completely overwhelmed by your drug situation at the moment? I have made an improvement. Awesome. I got to see my psychologist and I feel very lucky because not everyone can do that. I've been seeing her about once a month. And when I really needed her back in May, she made she gave me a cancellation within a week. Whereas my psychiatrist. Oh, we're dumping her. We've had it with her. <laughs> All right. Well, she offered me a Zoom call in July, which was then retracted to an appointment in September. And then the appointment in September became a Zoom call anyway. Without being flippant. You really wouldn't want to be standing on the edge of a bridge sort of thinking about ending it all, would you, with that kind of urgency that she's treating it? I think in my history, like I hadn't seen her for more than a year. She probably just assumed I was stable. Maybe I should have made more noise when I, it was all via email, when I contacted the reception there, I should have been more explicit about what sort of problem I was in. The psychologist had the benefit of me leaving a voice message on her machine. Uh-huh. Uh, part of the reason psychiatrists couldn't see me was because psychiatrist was overseas uh, taking care of a sick parent. Oh, look, that's enough of this care for other people. I've had it with these humanitarians giving us stuff. 
me, 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 me. And I don't even know how psychiatrists got back into the country, to be honest. Yeah, actually, there are questions that need to be answered there. Yeah. Well, she's dismissed. <laughs> I'll find a new one. Who, yeah. so, interesting thing psychologists told me is that it's a split about 50-50. She'd been to a big conference on whether or not long-term benzo use is a good idea. Okay. Well, isn't that a good enough score for you to risk it? I don't really have a choice. My body has already decided we're, oh, that's not, right. we're not playing anymore. Yeah, sorry. Hey, while we're talking about scary drug things, uh, I was I was listening to uh, an Australian Army medic say that the scariest thing they've had to do was try and sedate Afghani children after injury because they grow up using poppies, and you ah, and they give they've got a tolerance, not just a tolerance. You said you you'd be loading them with stuff that should have killed an elephant, and they're still walking around. And I thought, yeah, there's just. It's one of those scary side effects, isn't it, to this worldwide trade that has made that country all its money, Yeah, um, is that there are just generations of these kids who are essentially immune to being put into a general anaesthetic. I hadn't thought about that at all. I, I watched the farming of the poppy seeds. That was really interesting. But, it, yeah, the way they just take it off the bulbs and it was all over their hands and they are just yep. having a lick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all right. That's one of the problems with the Afghani army. I was watching an American who was leaving after trying to train the Afghani army, and he said there's absolutely no discipline. You can't do anything with them because they are all raging drug addicts. Well, what about the Taliban? Do they just not take it? I don't know. I mean, the Taliban do seem quite organised, don't they? I don't want to paint anything that they do in a, in a positive light, but they do seem to be a bunch of little go-getters, don't they? So with... All of the incredible ups and downs that you go through, how, in your estimation, is your family going with your ups and downs? Are you putting them through the ringer? Yes, and I discussed that with my psychologist as well. It's been very hard on my family. Menopause has been hard on my family. Look, just you, you know, he said supportively. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I think you already said my husband deserves a medal, didn't you? Oh, I said he was a very patient man. I said I deserved a medal. Uh, yeah, okay. But, but I that, pay but that you, wasn't so you... <laughs> that wasn't for putting up with you. That was for actually putting someone up during COVID. But um, okay, so tough on the family. Do you want to talk about it or not? That's for another time. We can talk about it because this was my learnings yesterday. Uh, we got, I've been very happily married for 11 years and about two months ago, I I threatened to push the big red button mm. and at the time your partner suggested that perhaps it was menopause and I'd forget about it in six months yeah <laughs> and um, I'm hoping that's the case but my husband has had to uh, I don't want to say put up with but he's had me unwell and unable to sleep very well next to him for a couple of years we've been bed hopping usually me out of the main bed due to my insomnia for years especially this last year don't um, take what my partner emergency contact says about menopause uh, too seriously she is an astonishing uh, example of someone who has almost no physical 
medical symptoms of anything. It's a, it's a deeply complex place between her ears. I wouldn't want to spend 10 minutes there, to be honest. Just being around the outside in orbit, as it were, uh, is enough. But anything else, she just walks through. She's never had an injury. She, the, the menopause for her has, you know, she has the odd hot, cold flush, but sleeps perfectly, doesn't get a lot of headaches. You know, I, I might be downplaying how, what a, a staunch person she is, but I do know people who do it much tougher than she does. Well, I know people who have got a lot tougher than me. I'm on a Facebook group that makes me feel better about myself and at someone else's expense, which is not great. But I, I think, and I've sent things like that have been posted that are a lot worse to my husband to just point out that. It's a it walk might, in the park, buddy. Don't it get... might be bad, but it could be worse. Yeah. And yes, other women do have it easier. My mum took HRT and that had some very odd effects on her, but it would be my belief that it was the progesterone that was not good for her. And I have not, yeah, I do not want any progesterone. Right. Okay. So good. So it wasn't that she was a Ford driver and she was forced into the Holden racing team. Sorry. Oh God. Such a bad dad joke. No, no woman listening. Well, that's not true either. There no, was... that's not true at all. You you just take a step back there, little miss sexist. There are a lot of rev head women who listen to this podcast. <laughs> My entire fan base is made up of, <laughs> of, of petrol head women. <laughs> we have one special listener and one is all it takes. And they're the Changes. most important person on, in, in, on the planet. And then younger childs went, oh, I want to come on too. Mm -hmm. I think we might want to discourage that. Well, it's your show. But you know what they say about children and animals. Yes. Yeah. Try not to ride them around in the street. No, hang on. What is that? Anyway, catch up. All right. Bye-bye. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands that Nick and I are recording from, the Awabakal and Bunurong people. I would like to acknowledge our planet, Earth, our home. People like myself in white affluent countries have made a huge mess of our home and every day I strive to do better. Last but not least, I would like to acknowledge you, our listener. Thank you for spending time with us. If you would like to contact us, please do. We have an email set up. It's speak at vanator.com. S-P-E-A-K at V-A-N-I-T-A-W dot com. Hope to hear from you soon.